The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads. You've got the H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on those dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or the third-row seating gets your whole family in to experience the thrill together. The dual wireless charging pads make sure that no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead cell phone. Think about those adventurous activities you can do, like me taking a ski trip up with the family, maybe going on a camping expedition, anything and everything. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Are you looking for a new basketball shoe? If so, this is Gary Parrish here to tell you that the New Balance 2-Way V4 features the groundbreaking use of fuel cell technology with fresh foam creating the ultimate combination of rebound and cushioning. Every step feels explosive and dynamic, and the upper construction features a lightweight textile that's supportive and breathable. So whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the 2-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the 2-Way at newbalance.com. Hey there, it's Gary Parrish. Welcome back to the CBS Sports Eye on College Basketball Podcast, where we sometimes discuss camel fighting, dodo birds, and leaky black. The Eye on College Basketball Podcast is presented by Jersey Mike's. Jersey Mike's. A sub above. Matt Norlander is here with me. He's in Houston in his hotel room. I'm in Houston in my hotel room. If you're watching on YouTube, smash the like button like you're Brandon Davis. You have consent. If you haven't yet, subscribe to the CBS Sports College Basketball YouTube channel. Also do that while you're here. Okay, let's get into it. We are now just two days away from games tipping off at the 2023 Final Four. San Diego State, Florida Atlantic, Saturday, 609 p.m. Eastern, UConn-Miami, Saturday, 7.49 p.m. It looks more like 8.49 p.m. Eastern. Both games are going to be on CBS. That's America's most watched network. It's the network of stars. Like we noted on Tuesday's podcast, UConn is now the favorite over the rest of the field to win the national championship. The Huskies are minus 125 to win this tournament, followed by San Diego State at plus 390, Miami at plus 440, Florida Atlantic at plus 550. This seems unusual for a team to enter the Final Four as a favorite over the field. Not unprecedented, but um, uh, rarer than the opposite. So let's start with this question. If UConn doesn't win this national championship, what will be the reason why? Uh, good, good big picture question to start with the top of this GP, because if it doesn't, it would register as a surprise. Um, not that it, not that it's a lock. It's not a lock. The reasons why I think one of the biggest, and we have to kind of look ahead to this Miami matchup, right? Jordan Hawkins having a bad game, I think would be a major reason why I said on HQ. Actually, this is a tape segment that's going to run overnight on HQ. I, I was asked, you know, what uh, what needs to happen for each team just to get to Monday night. Not to win the title, but each the four. And my pick for UConn was Jordan Hawkins needs to shoot better than 40% and probably drop more than 15 points in this game, particularly when you consider what Miami's capable of doing. Um, if he doesn't play well, I can see Andre Jackson having a bad game. Tristan Newton is a good player, but they don't look to him to be a go-to scorer. 
Sonogo is going to get a very tough matchup with Norchad Omir. We'll see. Uh, And so they could really use, like maybe we have a situation where Joey California, Joey Calcaterra comes off the bench, hits three, three pointers in the first half. And he becomes, you know, the, he becomes the, the first half star that kind of propels UConn to get past Miami. That's, that's certainly possible. Naheem Aline is a good three point shooter as well. But Hawkins is their volume shooter. He's taken by far the most three-pointers. He doesn't need to only take three-pointers, but with what he provides for that offense, if he comes up dry, I think that would be a major reason that would prevent them from winning. What about you? I just think they might not win the national championship because they might not win the national championship because they're vulnerable. You know, They are the favorite. They are my pick. They are a four seed. Like the idea that this is 2000. 15 Kentucky, and by the way, I know that's not the perfect example because they ultimately lost in the final four, but like that team was like, I don't see how they're going to lose, right? That's what everybody said. And there was a lot of data to to back that up. That was clearly the best team in the country, even after it was all settled. That was clearly the best team in the country, according to Ken Palm. Uh, UConn is the best team in the country, according to, to, to Ken Palm, but UConn has lost eight times already this season. I saw a quote, I think it was in Seth Davis's, he does this piece for The Athletic where he talks to uh, head coaches and assistant coaches who have played these these final four teams. And he he asked them, hey, you know, it, it's uh, a lot like our candid coaches in the sense that, um, hey, just uh, sk- break this team down for me. What do you like? What do you not like? You've studied them. You've scouted them. You've played them. And then he sort of puts a consensus scouting report together. And it's actually, it's well done and interesting. I read it every time. Um, But there was a quote about UConn from a coach, and it said, I just don't see how anybody can beat them. And I'm like, in a 40-minute basketball game? Like, that's the thing. It feels like people have already decided UConn is your national champion, and if they don't win this, it's crazy. And I just don't think it's crazy to ever think that a four seed could slip up and, and take a loss uh, in a, in what what amounts to a, a hypothetical two game stretch, I, I, I'm a believer in UConn, but I guess I I guess what I'm saying is I don't believe as strongly as some people seem to believe because at least that one coach was like I don't think anybody can beat them, and I'm like, well, somebody beat them eight times this year. They're 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 beatable. They're great, but they're beatable. I will say this: if you go back and look at that eight game stretch where they went two and six. The glaring difference between their season statistics and what the statistics were in that eight-game stretch is on the defensive end of of the court. Uh, UConn, in that eight-game stretch, was 75th in adjusted defensive efficiency in the country, according to BartTorvik.com. And so they were also worse, obviously, on the offensive end of the court. But in that stretch, they were dramatically worse on the defensive end of the court than they were on the offensive end of the court. And so now they're playing one of the best offensive teams in the country that could maybe cause problems for that defense. Uh, I think UConn wins the game, but I'm just, I don't think it's crazy to think Miami could get them or whoever wins San Diego State, Florida Atlantic could get them. Um, and, And I feel like I'm a little bit by myself on that one. I don't know if you're by yourself. I also, to your point that they're a four seed. Yes. Also the number one team at Ken Palm. And you know this, because I, I, I heard you say it on HQ. What Their adjusted efficiency margin 
in the context of this season is better than Kansas last season. Is that right? That's right. Right now? Yeah. Right okay. now, they are their adjusted efficiency, uh, efficiency margin is better than the one that Kansas finished with last season after winning the national title, which says something to me. It does. And so even though UConn is got a four next to its name, that's a function more of, of you know, the losses it took. The losses need to matter. And, I th- you know, UConn as a three made more sense to me heading in, but I wasn't surprised by the four. And now we see what it's done. And by nature of it, just just steamrolling folks by 90 total points, it is scooted right up the efficiency margin. And that's why it sits where it sits. I will note that all four final four teams do sit top 22 at Ken Palm. They're top 30 in basically every predictive metric that's out there. FAU is not last, by the way. That is Miami. Miami is, uh, has, has, has been on an interesting journey here from a metric standpoint, but it is fourth, and it is fourth with, uh, with a little bit of space between them and FAU. FAU is actually closer to SDSU than it is Miami overall in efficiency margin at this point. Uh, UConn's gettable. Uh, I, I, Miami is going to go... Miami, I think Miami is going to go pretty small on Saturday. You know, North Chad Omir is the, is the big, big that everyone knows. He's, you know, he's six seven. He's just, he's a house, man. He is, he, he's super strong, immovable, defends well, rebounds well, is a great big for them. But he won't be on the floor for 40 minutes. And this is where it gets interesting from a strategic standpoint. UConn will probably almost certainly, and I say this because I, I was able to flag down Dan Hurley real quick uh, this afternoon outside the locker room and talk to him for a little bit because I'll have something on UConn on .com at some point on Friday afternoon. I think they are anticipating they will have either Sonogo or Klingon on the floor for pretty much the entire game. Why wouldn't you on the offensive end? There's a certain benefit to that. Defensively, yes, you've got you've got reasons to have exposure Klingon's bad in ball screen defense but uh, everything else UConn's numbers defensively are great when he's out there if you look at the per possession stuff I think Miami will try and go small they can even put Jordan Miller who stands the same height as Omir so let's say they go Wong Pack Poplar Joseph Miller as the small ball five I th- I could I could certainly I could see that happening uh for stretches there if they think that that is going to allow them, the one they want to run with UConn, they want to be able to run their offense through that with the ball screen stuff and then just catch either Sonogo and Klingon and some screen action to get their guys some looks. It's worth a chance. Now, you're going to give up second chance opportunities if you do that, but if they go small and it works, it wouldn't stun me. Miami has also been on a a tear from a shooting perspective. It's a good three-point shooting team. For the most part, 36.9%. It is actually the best, narrowly, it is the best three-point shooting team that's left in the final four. But the the margins, there's essentially no real difference between FAU, UConn, and Miami's three-point capacity. Uh, UConn overall, from a points-per-possession standpoint, is better. But if Miami gets hot, remember, Miami, I think the one thing that we should go back to with the Canes GP is that Miami did this by beating Texas 88-81. to 81, Okay, And when it did that, it did it in a way that was a bit surprising. Not just Miller's amazing game, but they they only ran six out on the floor. Joseph was the sixth guy, Bensley Joseph off the bench. But they only hit two three-point shots and only attempted eight of them. They were so good from the foul line, 28-32. Miami getting to the line, I think, will be key as well. I, you know, I, I, UConn's got a really good chance at winning this. I think it's got a solid chance at covering it. But Miami has proven multiple times, not in the tournament, I'm talking season-long stuff where it has performed well against really good teams and I think it will be ready 
my last close on this is that if you tell me UConn again knocks out a team by double digits, it will not stun me, but I am with you that the game is maybe a little bit more up for grabs than people are suggesting. Yeah, I just think the tournament is a little more up for grabs than 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 folks are seem to be suggesting. Um, so, like I, I as I said uh, earlier in the week, I I, genu- I genuinely believe that all four of these teams are capable of winning the national championship, and I don't always believe that when we get to a final four. In fact, I think probably most times by the time we get to a final four. I say, yeah, I can see that team and that team winning it, that team or that team. But I don't – this one over here, I don't think they can win two more games. I think any of these teams can can win two more games. Um, and, and that's why I feel like this is a little more up for grabs than maybe the betting market suggests and the, the way it seems most analysts uh, and fans tend, tend to think. Okay, we both have UConn winning the game. I don't want to speak for you, but I think we both have UConn winning the game. Yeah. UConn minus five and a half is the number. You lay in that or you take in Miami plus the points? First of all, first of all, hmm. are we about to, are we, are we about to, to do some picks? Oh, yeah. Can, well, I need to be updated on these records. Have I been, did I, did I, did I surmount? Where are we at on this? No, 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 no. Sir, you've been mounted and you've been mounted pretty badly, I would say. Oh, God. Story of my life. Yeah, yeah. So I, it's over, right? It's over for GP. It's yeah, over. He can't. Yeah, he can't catch. Like you can't catch him. You can't well, catch we, him. Do we, well, maybe we need to pick some uh, women's no. games. Nah, no, 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 no. That's no. <laughs> you can't catch him. You you're can't. I'll like, take, we can I'll add grasping for straws. Is what you're doing. I'll take Caitlin Clark plus the points. Yeah, of course you will. Yeah, me too. How about that? <laughs> maybe we should pick some NBA games. Yeah, 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 like checking out that slate on the slate, checking out that Thursday night, Friday night slate. I maybe think we, we should pick. Good. Maybe we should pick Friday baseball games. Today's opening yeah. day. We got a schedule. Cubs won, by the way. I have no idea what the Mets did. Well, first off, Justin Verlander had to go on the injured list. Okay. I mean, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? By the way, I, couple things. We're gonna pick the game. Baseball starting on the Thursday before the Final Four. I don't think that's ever happened. Two. Your Verlander stuff. Three Cubbies. Want to know? And four. We got the final four here in Houston. I understand why this happened, but I was like, "There's no way they're having the Astros play a home game like right when it, they are." But they won I the think World I'm Series, and so you get yeah. the home game to start. But uh, you know, the, uh, you would think that normally you wouldn't because it's where the park is located in downtown. Is it's right around everything. The city's got the capacity to handle it. But I actually, on some, I thought that Houston would start away from home. But no, no, no. Home game tonight. The first pitch as we go here. I think it's about to happen. No, I think I'm, I think I'm going to go to the game tomorrow night. Okay. I want to go to the game. I want to go see the Astros. All right. And I've, and I've never been to that ballpark. So it'd be another check one off the list type of thing. Maybe we should pick that game. Astros, White Sox tomorrow night. Put it in the final four and one. Maybe you should be like, I want to go to the game. Maybe you should go with me. But no, Okay. <laughs> Maybe we won't pick the game because you're like, I'm going to go to the game. Oh, I just assumed nobody oh, wanted to go with okay. me. I would love if you went with me. I just, I never you know ask what? people, I never ask people to do things because I assume nobody wants to do anything with me. <laughs> I have this weird. You go to I a baseball this, game by yourself? 
Final Four is happening. Everyone in the industry is here, and you're just going to go stroll up to the old uh, will call window. One for Paris, please. Yeah, I swear. Yeah, that's exactly what my working plan is to go. I go to baseball games by myself all the time. When I'm in when I'm in New York working in the summer, and my family's not up, I go to baseball games by myself. I go to City Field by myself all the time. You know what? F it. Let's do it. The Friday Astros. Who they playing? The White Sox? Who are they playing? Yeah, White Sox. You know what? I actually no joke. I think our editor Marcus Nelson, who is here, I think he, I think he wants to go to the game. Okay, let's all go. <laughs> I'll, so get I'll, in there. I'm what, dead serious. Before we get to the final four games, <laughs> okay. Let's go on this baseball. <laughs> who are they playing? Isn't every baseball line like one and a half? Isn't there a whole deal with this? No, no, you, you do money lines in baseball. Money lines okay, in that's baseball. It. Game one, yeah. White Sox Astros, 7.10 p.m. Central, Friday night, Minute Maid Park, Houston, minus 165. Who are the pitchers? It doesn't say. It oh, should. come on. We don't know. Th- we don't know. The okay, now, now, now it says it says uh, oh, Lance Lynn is going for the, the White Sox Obviously. and Christian Javier for the Astros. Javi, huh? How about this? I'll do you one solid. You pick mm-hmm. it first, and I'll take the other team no matter what. I'm laying my one and my one and sixty five on the on the reigning World Series champions. Okay, you get the Strohs. I'm a Cubs fan, not a Sox fan whatsoever. But I will go. I will go with the White Sox in that one. Okay, Nada, you got to get this on the graphic. <laughs> it'll be it'll be wow. San Diego State, Florida Atlantic. Just make the graphic just so people go, what are they doing? San Diego State, Florida Atlantic, UConn, Miami, Astros, White Sox. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. I love it. I'm All taking right, so Miami. What? I'm taking Miami plus the five and a half. I'm also going to take Miami plus the five and a half. Just detailed the game for you. Uh, big reason why. I think Isaiah Wong is going to play well. I think Nigel Pack will shoot well. And I think the Hurricanes and Huskies give us a tremendous nightcap. I've got UConn to win, Miami to cover, and I'll I'll give you how about this? I give you eighty two seventy eight Huskies beat the Canes. Oh, you need a final score now? Is that where we're at? Yeah, let's just do it. Why not? UConn seventy eight, Miami seventy four. All right, four-point win on both sides. So we both have UConn winning the game. We both have Miami covering. And now we'll move on to the other semifinal. That's San Diego State, Florida Atlantic. We'll talk about that, plus Diamondbacks Dodgers next. But first, a word from our partners. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. So San Diego State, Florida Atlantic is the first national semifinal scheduled to tip 6.09 p.m. Eastern on Saturday. That line right now, San Diego State minus three. Two schools in the final four for the first time. Two coaches in the final four for the first time. One of the points I made on the CB- on CBS Sports HQ the other day is that it, it's it's not crazy that this Florida Atlantic team, that this team is in the Final Four because this team is 35-3. and three. They've been good all season. We talked about them back in December. That said, it is super crazy that this Florida Atlantic program is in the Final Four. This team, sensible. This program, insane. You've done a nice job chronicling the Dusty May Florida Atlantic story. So if you can one last time before we do this on Saturday, explain to folks just how nutty it is that Florida Atlantic University is in the 2023 Final Four. It is way, way, way nutty on one hand. How about the Cinderella story, not a Cinderella team? Uh, at least in the context of how this group has pushed its way all the way to a national semifinal. People do, do people realize that Florida Atlantic and San Diego State are going to play on Saturday night for a spot in the title game? Do people realize this, Gary Parrish? I don't think they realize this. I, I, I Those two teams are going to off and play each other in Houston in the national semifinal because that's how the bracket works. I heard a funny joke today, but it, it, it would but it would be disrespectful for me to share it. And we are so not, not going we, to. We don't need to share it. FAU. But, but you know uh, what? Like I, as the week has progressed, I have gotten mm-hmm. fired up about Florida Atlantic, about the should. idea of Florida Atlantic. Yes, absolutely. By the way, I, I did uh, did break a little small bit of news as we went live here on the pod. Um Dusty May uh, shared with me and athletic director Brian White. Dusty May is going to sign a lucrative long-term deal. I think, well, here's the story behind the story. Uh, there was They had drafted up the broad terms of a contract for him weeks ago, and then all of this happened. So they're going to have to change a little. Maybe a little more money here, a little more years here. The salary pool for the assistants, that's getting a big jump. NIL opportunities and just how FAU is handling that on the on the basketball side, that is going to improve as well. Um, Brian White, the AD, informed me that, and I don't know if this it was probably it might have been publicly r- revealed at some point in the season. I just didn't I didn't see it. Uh, but he said we had a seven point five million dollar gift afforded to our basketball program in the middle of the season. So in total, there is more than $15 million that FAU has at its disposal. Most of that is for the men's basketball program. Some of that will be for the formal, former football building slash facility that is the multi-sport. Every sport that is not FAU football now uses that for weight room, training room, all sorts of other amenities there. So the big news for FAU, you're not losing your coach. And even if you said, well, there's no other jobs that are open out there, Dusty May did get contacted by a number of search firms about would he be willing to interview this during the season. And he said he told those search firms no. And I can say that now that he's kind of gone on record with this. This dates back to when Ole Miss was open. He didn't. He said, I'm not going to interview for the job. There were other schools that came open. Um, and he just said, I'm not going to, I'm not going to interview this. So, you know, on, on one level you might expect, well, here's a guy at a, at a small school going to a final four. Not to say he's never going to leave. I mean, uh, if Dusty May is this good of a coach, he will eventually leave FAU. I know GP believes that like we're, Question, what are we talking about? Dusty about? May the head coach at Florida Atlantic two years from today? That is, I would lean no, but 
Good on him. <laughs> Long-term deal. And they're, and they're going, by the way, they're going to the American athletic conference after this season. And, you know, but Hey, he's sticking around for another year. And with that GP is in the middle of doing his top 25 and one rankings. FAU needs to be some, we'll see what it does here. Uh, FAU right now, GP is, what did I say? It's 17 at Ken Palm. It has to be, I don't, I don't think you can make it worse than 17th going into next season because it, if it's crazy, they will be preseason top 10. I'm yeah, telling you go. right now. Yeah, and, and especially if they win two games. They're not losing their coach. If they lost SC May, it's different. They're not losing well, him. He's well, returning. He'll sign the new deal once the season's over and they get back on the ground in Florida. They have to, they're going to have to pay to keep their players. I mean, this is just the way the sport works now. They're paying to pay their coach. This is also interesting because people get all offended about NIL and it's been in the news this week. They're going to pay to keep their coach. And everybody understands why. Nobody even blinks. It's like, of course. Well, you also have to pay to keep your players. And if that bothers you, then you're being weird. And so they, they, need, they need to keep these guys on campus. But I think it's an easy sell. First off, this has worked out perfectly for Florida Atlantic. Basically, every job Dusty May could leave for is closed, right? I mean, there's not a job out there for him now. Right. And so, I mean, is there one? Is there a job? There's not. There's no, there's no high-power conference job out there for him. I think conceivably one or two might have might have sat around and waited to see if they could interview him, but no. So in terms of an improved improved opportunity, there's nothing better now than what he has. But to be yeah. clear on this, he told me that his mind was made up on this weeks ago, and and frankly, I do believe him. Yeah, um, yeah, I'll take him at his word as well. But this is I say this word's worked out perfectly for Florida Atlantic. It's worked out perfectly for Dusty too, because. This is going to sound weird because, in theory, you would want to get the big offers, right? You want those. And if nothing else, you leverage them for better deals at where you're at. But then, you know, you might want to cash in now and go get that big power conference, six-year, you know, $20 million contract or whatever. The way, the, but now that job's not going to be put on the table with him. So he's not going to be tempted to leave. He's not even going to have to think about it, right? He's just going to enjoy this Final Four and then hopefully bring back his team, as we've noted, um, basically every rotation player except one can come back. All five starters can come back. They all have eligibility. So you bring back the team, and now you get to enjoy the Final Four, and then you get to start on everybody's radar next season, preseason top 10 team. And then as long as you keep that on the rails, which will be more difficult in the American than it would be in the COSA. I think, I don't know. Will we'll it be? See. I mean, maybe. We'll see. Like, I mean, we're, we're recording this uh, right before the, the, the bonus COSA title game in the NI that's doubling <laughs> as the NIT final between North Texas and UAB. So we'll see on that. Right. So, um, it, but listen, I, how about this? Florida Atlantic at this point going to be the preseason favorite in the all American Athletic Conference. The American, by the way, yeah. basically it's USA all over again. What are we? Doing? Yeah, it's, it's yeah. These teams are going to to the American, and I think Florida Atlantic would be the preseason favorite in the American. So I, the point is, I remember as everybody does, Billy Donovan won back to back national championships, and then formally accepted the Orlando Magic job, and then a few days later withdrew and came back to Florida. And at some point deeper into that summer. I remember talking to Billy about it. And one of the things he said was the weird thing about this profession sometimes is you work hard. I mean, real sweat and tears and long hours to build something to a place, to get it to a certain place. And then you get it there and you put all this work in and then you go 
because now it's time to take a different job, a bigger job. And you're right back to building something again. And you don't even get to enjoy the thing that you built. And one of the reasons he decided to come back to Florida, and there was a long list, but on the list of things was, man, I just, I just won back-to-back titles. And what, I'm going to leave and go try to rebuild the Orlando Bat? Or I can enjoy this. I can be here and like just soak in it. And Dusty's going to be able to soak in this at Florida Atlantic. He's not going to be the mid-major coach who goes to the Final Four and then takes another job because all these jobs are filled. So he's going to be able to enjoy this. So when I say this has worked out well, what I mean is he's not going to be tempted um, by a bigger job and a lot more money to leave this right now. He's going to get to have a post-Final Four year at Florida Atlantic, and that's awesome for all parties involved. As it pertains to the long-term contract, like – my advice to him, uh, keep the buyout manageable because, yeah, exactly. yeah yes. keep the buyout manageable. Uh, don't don't put yourself in a position. Like, he, first off, he doesn't need my advice, but keep the buyout he at a place. By where, the way, he he is a dedicated podcast. I don't I don't think he's squeezing in it, the pot in now because he's kind of got other <laughs> stuff. But Dusty is. This goes back to, I don't have it ready. I was kind of, ha- for Monday's show, I will, Sunday's. Remember, I, I we, we talked about this earlier when I did the feature on him in January. Because you called out Florida Atlantic as a trash <laughs> program on CBS Sports Network, and he listens to the pod. So, uh, hey, so by the way, Dusty May his advice right here on the podcast. He'll listen to it eventually, I'm sure. Hey, by the way, as you noted, he called Florida Atlantic a trash program. He almost backed out of the job. <laughs> That's not <so> true. <laughs> All right. So Dusty and I probably have similar opinions. <laughs> That's so true. But just keep the buyout manageable so that. You know, if the big job is, oh, let's say Florida Atlantic wins the AAC next year, but then loses in the round of 32 because that's a normal thing. Um, and then the big job is there. Don't don't ever have a number in your contract that will make a power conference school go. I don't know if we can do this. Remember, like UCLA ran into that with Rick Barnes a few years ago. Like they they were trying to hire Rick. And this was the wildest thing. He actually said, like, if they would have paid my buyout, I would have left. <laughs> Um, but they they wouldn't they 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 balked at the buyout and then it was just a all right well then we'll go hire the guy who will be our greatest coach in 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 school history his name of course is Mick Cronin so congrats to Dusty congrats to Florida Atlantic whatever happens this weekend is going to happen this weekend but boy the future this isn't one of those deals where it's just going to fall apart I don't think it shouldn't it shouldn't it, they should be back in a position. To compete for something like this again next season, which is out. unbelievable. If that happens, <laughs> is, I mean, uh, yeah, just with we'll my fa- oh. my favorite thing. Uh, there's a whole lot of favorite things about Florida Atlantic. Um, you've written nice uh, article columns about them. Dan Walken had a really nice one in USA Today earlier today. The the my favorite thing that I've read not not a story just a fact Jared Burson who of course um, gave birth to ESPN stats and info it's his baby he tweeted the other day you might have seen this that um, we have three first-time final four participants this season and that of course is is Miami San Diego State and Florida Atlantic and they are the schools that are 96 97 98 in terms of list of schools all time that have competed in a final four, there are 98 schools in men's basketball who have ever played enough, who, who have ever made a final four. Florida Atlantic is the only one of the 98 that's never had a player appear in an NBA game. How about that? Every other school that's ever been in the final four has a player who's played in the NBA. 
Florida Atlantic has none and might have none right now. You know, I could, that could wind up being the case there. Not, no, no surprise. All right. So let's talk this game real quick. FAU SDSU. Um, there's never been a nine seed or worse. That's one a national semi. Can FAU buck the trend? If it's going to do it, how will it do it? Uh, one of the biggest factors here, I think that FAU needs to not be afraid to shoot the three and to hit better than 30%. I did talk to Dusty, obviously, earlier today, so I talked to him about the, the extension and him going on record, but I also asked him, hey, how big did that stadium look once you got in there? And he said, actually, we were so prepared for it to be like this humongous, humongous building, and it is... Um, our guys weren't that thrown by it. They actually shot well. They got comfortable. And so, well, once we get to game time and you're playing at San Diego State, which is just a beast, and, and holding teams to under 18% three-point shooting in this tournament, we'll see. I think three-point shooting is going to be pivotal for FAU in this spot. It averages 36.5%. It's got dudes that make them at a high clip. Nellie Davis, 37%. Elijah Martin, 38%. Brian Greenlee, 41%. Nick Boyd, 38%. Even Mike Forrest, who, do, who takes plenty, he's a 34% three-point shooter. And Weatherspoon, Brandon Weatherspoon off the bench, also a 35% three-point shooter. They have guys that take plenty, make plenty. You're going to need to do that. Now, if that starts to go awry, it's not like it's going to spell doom for FAU because I actually think this team is built not just to win close. That's another thing with both these teams. They're a combined 19-2 this season in games decided by five points or fewer. So they have thrived playing close, playing in overtime. But FAU can play a bunch of different styles. So even if the three-point shot is not falling for FAU, I think it has enough in playmaking when you consider that, like, Davis, Martin, Mike Forrest, Greenlee, Boyd, they're all good distributors as well. They, they can run the offense through a number of different guys who play kind of that lead guard position. And they've got Vlad Golden, who's, you know, he's a 7-1, 240-pound hoss, man. He'll go up against Mensa, and I think they'll have a decent enough chance to do some decent work around the boards. They're going to need to rely on him. The team doesn't wilt, though, between probably between Golden and Rosado, Giancarlo Rosado, those are going to be the two guys you rely on for the majority of your boards. But if you're FAU, you're going to need to probably shoot well from three. And if not, um, don't get into a turnover game. The crazy thing about what FAU was able to do in the Elite Eight was it won the game despite turning the ball over 22 times. You do that against SDSU. I don't care if it keeps games in the 50s. You will not beat San Diego State if you turn this ball over 20 or more times. We'll see if they can keep that in check. As for SDSU side, obviously they're going to try and induce that as much as they possibly can. SDSU actually is not a great turnover team. It's not terrible. It's just not that great. It's good at making you take bad shots, work the shot clock, frustrates you into some bad opportunities there is a top five team in defensive efficiency. It's number two in three point defense. I mentioned the 17% right in the tournament on the whole season. The only team that was better from three on the defensive end was the team FAU beat in the sweet 16. That was Tennessee. So maybe that works to FAU's advantage. We will wait and see on that. I also want to see if Matt Bradley wakes up now. SDSU has done something. I did not think it was capable of. It has won four games in this tournament and Matt Bradley has not been a factor. He is their only double digit scorer, And yet he has largely disappeared over the past three, um, three games here, uh, or specifically with, uh, with what they were not able to do in the second weekend. He had six points and just two, six against Bama, two against Creighton against, against Furman. He had 10, but they didn't really need him. There was a laugher in that game. Do they need Bradley to step up big in this one? I kind of think that that needs to be the case, but regardless, Darren Trammell has been a great, great and really fun playmaker. Lamont Butler stepped up big. They've got enough guys there. They're not quite as deep as FAU, but they do still go plenty deep. 
uh, Ladie off the bench, uh, Seiko off the bench. Uh, if Kashad Johnson starts, bring Mensa off the bench. He's basically a starter uh, with you know Benjamin. It's it's interchangeable there, uh, and then uh, a rope as well. So it's a fun matchup. It feels very much like a toss up. I think I said on a reaction show that I thought that this game, even though it wasn't as appealing in a number of ways, I think it's the better chance at being the closer game. And if you just give us dramatics, we're all going to be dialed in and tuned in. So it feels very much like a coin flip. Uh, what are your thoughts? And and I don't even re- I know we picked it for the site. I don't even remember the line. I think it's SDSU minus a, po- a point and a half. But I it, it, it's it's alternating between three and two and a half. You look one place, it's Ooh, okay. uh, San Diego State minus three. Another place, it's San Diego State minus two and a half. For our purposes, we'll call it three. Um, one of the reasons, and you made a point of this, that I believe Florida Atlantic can win this game, and in fact, I I believe Florida Atlantic will win this game, is because of who they played two games ago. Like they've already dealt with the physical, defensive-minded, push you around, grab and that's you. A bigger team too. Not to say SDSU can't win GP. I know that's what you're saying. Sorry to cut you off, but Tennessee, I saw them up close. Like that is an even bigger team than SDSU, who is no slouch and and absolutely brings the hammer. No doubt about it. Yeah, like um, I did think it was interesting that you know we've had power conference schools seated ninth or worse make the final four before. But if you focus just on mid-majors that have been seated ninth or worst and then gone on to make the final four, um, it's happened happened five previous times. And every time they lost in the semifinals. Every time. And by an average of 14.6 points. Trivia time. Okay. Can you name all five of them? Five mid-majors, history of the NCAA tournament that have made the Final Four after being seeded ninth or worse. I'm a man of character and integrity. Mm, not me. We know. Not really me. That's not the way you I You have these teams in the Google Doc. I could have gotten this without it, but you got them in the Google Doc, so I can't take credit for getting this right. Well, then let me tell the folks. Tell the it's folks 2018 right. Loyola Chicago. 11 seed. I have access to this document and I look at it. (laughs) I was hoping I could catch you off guard. I wanted to catch you off guard. Or you could have just faked it. You could have been a man. I'm not going to know. Not to our listeners. I refuse to do. I I refuse to fake it. You won't fake it. I'm faking it right now. Oh, here we go. 2018 Loyola Chicago 11 seed lost to Michigan by 12 in the national semifinals. Before that, 2013 Wichita State 9 seed lost to Louisville by 4 in the final four pretty competitive with the national champions yeah, 2011 sure. vcu 11 seed lost to butler by eight in the final four shouts to shelvin mack 2006 george mason 11 seed lost to florida by 15 in the final four and then this is the one that really screws it really skews the numbers 1979 pin nine seed those bums yeah. lost to michigan state by 34 points in the final four Why'd you even show up? Florida Atlantic is now the next one of these. And I submit Florida Atlantic will be the first mid-major seated ninth or worse to ever win a national semifinal and advance to Monday night's national championship game. Wait a second. Wait a second. Did you just, does that mean, are we doing the pick again? Doing this? It's time to pick again. Let's pick this game. Florida Atlantic. 
What's the name of this venue? Hold on, hold on. What's the name of the venue they're playing in? This is on you. NRG Stadium. No, 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 no. Can you stick with the? Oh, I got to name it. I got to name it. Okay, yeah, I'm sorry. Game two, but but also game one. But it's also game one, and it depends on how you factor in a Friday night Astros White Sox game. It's getting confusing. There you go. That's right. It's getting confusing. You Time can make all linear if you need it to be, but it's just a can, concept. You can make all the Google documents you want, but at some point it just gets confusing. It is game two. I, I it's game it one on Saturday. We already picked the, the second game. This is this game this three. Game three. This is game three. Okay. This is game three. Game three. Six oh nine p.m. Eastern. Florida Atlantic versus San Diego State inside. I got it for you. You got it? I got it. Jose Altuve Stadium. No, 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 no. Not a what do you got? He's a short king. We got to go Megan the Stallion Court. Oh, Megan the Stallion Court. Okay, Megan the Stallion. I was going to say J.J. Watt Stadium, though. It feels like he's he's deserving of Get a bucket and a mop. (laughs) Get a bucket and a mop. She said get a bucket and a mop. So Megan the Stallion in a pot. JJ Watt gets the stadium. JJ Watt's hurt. Always. He's retired. He'd probably show up at the national semifinals in a legend. Best player in program and in franchise history. What? Is he really? Yeah, for sure. JJ Watt's the best Texan ever. Yes. Is he? But you know what? I I am willing to go with the, the theme. There was a Badass receiver from the U. Andre Johnson? Of course. Okay. Andre Johnson Stadium, it is. Sorry, JJ. What about Jose Altuve? He's a short king. No, no, no. We're not. He, I can, actually he, like Megan the he, Stallion. He gets the baseball park. She said, get a bucket and a mop. I said, what? A bucket Good and time. a mop. Sounds like a lot of stuff to carry. This game. It sounds like too much stuff to carry. How many hands do you think I got, Megan the Stallion? I'm taking Florida Atlantic. Right up. We are in agreement, which means our picks are the same. Also means there will be no side mounting or surmounting. It's Good tough. sir. It's a tough. I'm disappointed I'm going to take, take FAU to win the game, and I'm going to say we are going to get Huskies versus Howells on Monday night for the national championship, which would be one hell of a thing. Now, San Diego State fans, not saying you can't win. I think it's going to be really close. It's San Diego State that's favored. Give me FAU by a bucket. This could be a just bucket and a mop. Game. Give me FAU by a bucket and a mop. Unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> just walked, walked right into it. <laughs> right into it. Bucket and a mop. Owls. Mopping their way to Monday night. Here we go. <laughs> right. What if they adopted that as their slogan? They, you know what? If Dusty May listens to this podcast before Saturday, they damn well might. <laughs> they show up. They, they run onto the court <laughs> with a bucket and a mop. <laughs> to pay tribute that to Megan did happen. Oh, that did happen. It wasn't a mop. 2016, Daniel Ochefu in Houston wiping up the court at the end of the game. He didn't have himself a bucket. 
kind of had himself a mop. We've been there. It's all. Oh, gosh. Why didn't I see it before? It's all. It's all connected. Them girls. Them girls were very clear. They they need you to bring a bucket and a mop. Not not one or the other. Yeah. Really, what good is one without the other when you think about it? You know. There it is. We've both got UConn FAU playing Monday night. Congratulations to Miami and San Diego State. By the way, if you if UConn plays Florida Atlantic, I've got the lines. I've got the uh, let's see if you can guess the hypothetical lines for Monday night. If it's UConn FAU, I'm gonna say, first of all, I feel like you did this with me, but maybe not. Um I think you did it a year ago, and I and I think it happened like uh, uh, four days ago, which tells you all you need to know about my mind right now. I will say UConn is gonna be favored over FAU by Five. UConn minus seven is the number. If it's Connecticut, San Diego State, what do you think it is? Five. Five and a half. If it's Miami, Florida Atlantic. FAU is better in predict. I'm going to say FAU minus one. Miami minus two and a half. That's a joke. And if that's, it's that's Miami. Into the public. I think that's why. And if it's Miami, San Diego State. Although, you know what? No, I take that back because if Miami beats UConn, that will validate Miami as a favorite in that scenario. So that's that's correct. Miami, San so, Diego State. Uh-huh. How much was it? FAU, two and a half? Uh, Florida Atlantic was a two and a half point underdog to Miami. And I would say the Tex would be a one and a half point dog to Miami. Pick them. Pick them. Miami, Ooh. San Diego State, according to the numbers I got today, would be a pick. Yeah. All right. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. All right. Good. Before we get out of here, we should make note that the CBS Sports All-America teams and National Player of the Year, National Coach of the Year, and National Freshman of the Year published earlier on uh, Thursday. I'll run you through the teams real quick. It was a, a panel of voters, and when all ballots were submitted, this is how it shook out. First team, Jalen Wilson from Kansas, Zach Eady from Purdue, Trace Jackson Davis from Indiana, Brandon Miller from Alabama, Drew Timmy from Gonzaga. Yes, it's five front court players. We'll get to that in a second. Second mm-hmm. team was Marcus Sasser from Houston, Jaime Jaquez from UCLA, Marquise Noel from Kansas State, Jalen Pickett, Penn State, Tyler Kohler from Marquette. Third team, Isaiah Wong, Miami, Adama Sanogo from UConn, Azulis Tabellis from Arizona, Keontae Johnson from Kansas State, Chris Murray from Iowa. That means Kansas State is the only school in the country who produced two 
CBS Sports All-Americans. How about that? Do you have your ballot? Yes. Let's hear it, and then I'll give you mine. Okay. As soon as I tweeted this earlier today, multiple people were like, it's all forwards and centers on the first team. And to that, I say, you're right. You're right. By the way, you're right. Norlander can attest to this. I argued in favor of teams that are position that are sensibly that are positional sensibly. Does that make sense? I argued in favor of teams that look like an actual five-player team you could put onto a court. Here we go. Matt Norlander, my friend and colleague, argued Not just me. me. Not just me. I got outnumbered. If you want to tell the truth, I got outnumbered in Slack. So why don't, how about this? For the people out there who think it's crazy that you could have a first team with five front-court players, how would, you, how would you explain it to those people? Not to me. Explain it to those people. Uh, I'm picking the five best players in the country. This team is never going to, they're never going to get in the same uniform, bring a step out with a bucket and a mop and try and go up against another squad. So I'm just trying to pick the t- the players that are the best, most valuable, impactful players that also were on pretty good teams this season. That's why. Oh, by the way, my first ballot had a guard on it. How you like me now? Counter argument. Had a, had a guard on it. So, yeah. Okay, they're never going to play a game or together or against somebody else. I got gotcha. you. Um, a college football All-America team is never going to play a game against anybody either. But you never look at those and you see, oh, they got nine quarterbacks and no receivers. It's they like, should. no, here's the quarterback. Here's the quarterback. Here's the running backs. Here's the receivers. Here's the linemen. That's your All-America team. Baseball. Imagine looking at a baseball All-America team and saying, oh, yeah, their first team is – Five. The the first team is nine pitchers. Be like what? Incredible. But no, that's eight, what we eight, did. Eight pitchers and one catcher. <laughs> but but that'd be hard on that catcher's knees. I think it'd be it'd be just incredibly taxing. Yes. See, see so we don't do I this. Don't, with, listen, listen. We don't. You do have any a other valid sport. point. I just. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not all in on. I, I'm ambivalent on this. I, I just pick the best players, and so here we are. Okay, so uh, to walk you through my ballot, I, I tried to actually put teams that could go to get that they could play together. So my first team point guard was Tyler Cohen from Marquette. I also had Marquise Noel as a first team All American. He's I had, not a first team All American. Like I feel if he, he's the king have, of New York he City, he would not have been on your first, second, or third team if you did the voting at the end of the Big Twelve tournament. Not even the regular season. I feel like you put too much influence on a guy that didn't even make the Final Four. Uh, he's Mr. New York City. Uh, yeah, and he's also, he's like one inch shorter than you, so you are showing him favoritism because of his height. I do love him because yeah. he's short. There is some truth to that. I can't deny that. But uh, the whole reason we don't vote until after the Elite Eight is so you can take this kind of stuff into account. I know, I, I, and, and, and by the way, I did. But I just, I feel like if, literally Marquise Noel on the first team, you cannot tell me he had a better season overall than what Marcus Sasser did at Houston, I'll get to my ballot. He's my guard on my first team. Tyler Kolick, Marquise Noel are my guards on my first team. Then I had Brandon Miller. And my front court players were Drew Timmy from Gonzaga and Zach Eady from Purdue. 
Yes, I am the reason Trace Jackson Davis was not a unanimous first team. You're out of your mind. I was in the lift with Cobb today. And I was like, we got to get to the bottom of this. It's, it's outrageous that someone actually didn't put Trace Jackson Davis on the first team. He is the second best player in the sport this season. You needed to kick out. Tim, anybody else? Trace Jackson Davis. So Edie is our only unanimous first team All-American. Trace Jackson Davis. This is an outrage, GP. I'm actually genuinely surprised you did this. What are you I have, doing, man? He was clearly the second best player in the sport this season. I have a team that makes sense from a perspective of yeah. position, and that means I only got two places for players like Trace Jackson Davis. One of them is going to be Zach Eady. You wouldn't even disagree. And the wow. other one, I, I went with Drew Timmy over Trace Jackson Davis. That's not, that's not crazy. It is. Trace Jackson Davis had a better season. You know what's crazier? Having a first team with nothing but front court players. That's way crazier than picking Drew Timmy over Trace Jackson Davis. My second team, Jalen Pickett, Isaiah Wong, Jalen Wilson, Jaime Jaquez, and Trace Jackson Davis. That team could play together. And my third team. The internet is, is humming in Indiana right now. They are coming for you. Oh, let them come for me. Right. What are they going to do? What are they going to do? Be picked to win the Big Ten and then not do it again? What are they going to do? What's the third team? Marcus Sasser, Kendrick Davis, John L. Davis, Azulis Tabellis, and Adama Sanogo. Yes. I put an owl on the third team. You did. He's not a third. Listen, shouts to Nelly. He's not a third team All-American. He is, according to me. Ah. Uh. Did he make our? He didn't make our teams. Yeah. No. No. You guys left him off. Uh, you. You, you like, went you, rogue. You don't like Chanel owls. Davis is not. And it, listen, I'm in on the owls, potentially winning this whole thing. I'm. I'm. I could. I could have my mind changed if they wind up winning Saturday. You put a dude you did not know existed until <laughs> nine days ago on the third team. I knew he did. I knew he existed. I knew he existed. I am wrong, Gary Parish. I knew he existed at least two months ago. <laughs> At least because I because you put Florida Atlantic in the in the top 25 and one and then you got to write a little two sentence comment to go with it. So it's like Janelle Davis finished with 18 points and six rebounds in Saturday's 87 82 win over North Texas, whatever. Man, That's me amazing. and Janelle Davis go way back. What you talking about? We go way back. Nelly. They call him Nelly. If you went way back, you'd know they call him Nelly. All right. Here's my first team. Edie. Jackson Davis, Timmy Wilson, Sasser running the point. Look out. <laughs> I put Sasser. On. I actually anticipated that argument from GP. So I was like, you know what? Fair. I'll, I'll meet him in the middle and I'll bump Miller from my first team and I'll put Sasser there. Otherwise, I, my second team is Miller, Jaime Hawkes Jr., Adama Sanogo, Tyler Kolek. So Tyler Kolek was the best player in the Big East this season. Sanogo has been the best player in this tournament. That's where we wait until the Elite Eight came to play. Sonogo was on my second team with Kolick, and I put Duke freshman Kyle Filipowski on my second team. You did not have Flip, correct? I did not. I didn't realize it until right now. I did vote him second uh, for freshman of the year behind Brandon Miller, but he did not make my my All-American team. So Filipowski is on my second team. My third team, Jordan Hawkins. From UConn, I think that is fair. He was he he and Marquise Noel were my last two. Noel did make my third team, along with Tabellus, Pickett, and Isaiah Wong. So my picks that didn't make our team at all. I don't think Filipowski made it. 
and uh, I and Hawkins. Hawkins I had, and he did not make it. Those are our All-America teams. As for ballots for Player of the Year, Coach of the Year, Freshman of the Year, I'll just I'll just say them now. Zach Eady won Player of the Year. Dusty May is our National Coach of the Year. I, I, I don't know if we will be the only outlet that gives him National Coach of the Year, but obviously uh, well-earned and deserved. You take Florida Atlantic to 35-3 and three to the oh, final Oh, by the four. way, your criticism deserved. of me about Marquise Noel, you yeah. would not have voted Dusty May National Coach of the Year two weeks ago. Uh, no, that's not the same. Dusty May would have been in my top three two weeks ago. He moved up two spots by making the final four. Marquise Noel wouldn't have been in your top 20. He's the king of New York. Yeah. Dusty May is our national coach of the year. Brandon Miller is our freshman of the year, even included with everything that went on with that disaster of a story and that outright tragedy. Okay. We're not going to relitigate again at a certain point. Like he was undeniable. even, even if we can argue that he should have been suspended or whatever, he was the best, most productive, talented freshman in the country. So it comes with, with everything that's with that. I had Miller first, Filipowski two, Hood Shafino three on my freshman ballot. Coach, Dusty May, Jim Laranega, and Jerome Tang. And then player of the year, Edie, Jackson Davis, Timmy. What was your ballots for those three? Laranega would not have been in your top five two weeks ago. Correct. Top, the man is in your 73 top and just coached another team worse than a, a five or worse to a final four. He is in. He was number two. So, what do you want so, from so, me? So, so, I'm, so I'm crazy for for acknowledging Marquise Noel had an incredible hey, Marquise, NCAA is tournament. Is Marquise Noel here? Is he playing on Saturday? He is might he be here. He's yeah, he right over there. Jimmy <laughs> L is in the building. Okay? I'll get him here. I'll fly Marquise Noel here. On that sideline. I'll fly Marquise Noel here. What if I show up tomorrow with Marquis? You put this dude on the first team. That is an all-time move. If I had done that, well, you'd agree with it in this specific instance. I can see me yes. doing something like that, and you just roasting me. So I felt <laughs> obligated. Marquis Noel, a first-team All-American over Marcus Sasser. What Change are we even program. doing? By the way. It wasn't that the NCAA tournament is everything. It's just that it's that extra 5 to 10%. But you were like, screw it. This is my player of the year. Get out Marcus of the way, Sasser, Zach. Like, Marcus Sasser... Like, I love Marcus Sasser. He didn't have this, like, great year. I'm not certain he should have been the AAC player of the year. Kendrick Davis, by the way, would have been on my... Noel replaced Kendrick Davis. He didn't make my third ballot. Okay, my uh, individual awards. This is so... Like, I got blasted by Purdue fans a few weeks ago when I suggested after they lost in the first round that maybe, just maybe, Zach Eady won't be the national player of the year. And then I turn around, and by the time we get to the end of it, I'm still voting Zach Eady. I never said... He had to be the pick after the way Timmy went out. And yeah, he had to be the pick. It's just by the time we got to the end of it, he had to be the pick. So I never said I'm not voting for Zach Eady. I said, I can see myself if this breaks a certain way, not voting for Zach Eady. But it broke a different way. So Zach Eady was number one on my ballot. Drew Timmy was second on my ballot. And third was Brandon Miller. Okay. Brandon Miller was my national freshman of the year. I had Kyle Filipowski second on my ballot. Grady Dick at Kansas. Grady Dick was fourth for me. I thought Hood Shafino on balance was, if you look at the stats, narrowly better, but it can. And, you, six you, and, you, and then you had these fans like, uh, oh, it must kill GP that Brandon Miller is the national freshman of the year. Like, I voted for him. What are we talking about? Like, I'm capable of separating these things. I do not think he should have played uninterrupted. But given that he did, and he did what he did, he's the National Freshman of the Year and a first-team All-American. That, that seems undeniable to me. And then my coach of the year, number one, Dusty May. Number two, Jerome Tang. 
And I still had number three, Bill Self. I still think it's just wild to lose everything you lost off of last year's team and and have a number one seed in the uh, NCAA yep. tournament. So that's the, that's the ballot, for better or worse. Those are our awards. There you go. And by the way, Drew Timmy. Uh, so Edie was the only uh, unanimous pick. Timmy, three straight years, first team All American at CBS Sports. GP's been doing this in so six, so I can't I can't speak to. Uh, but I feel like this might be a first. Maybe Hansborough probably did it three first time team. So if he's not the first, he's number two or three ever at CBS Sports to be a three time All American in three consecutive seasons. Wish Marquise Noel. I wish Marquise Noel had some more eligibility. He could maybe get there. You know. Yeah, no, I hear you. Um, this is our last podcast before we play the final four. As a reminder, GP is going to be on CBS Sports Network all afternoon and evening on Friday. He will be doing studio stuff from just outside uh, Andre Johnson Stadium on Saturday. I will be in uh, on set for CBS Sports HQ. I was today. I'll be overnight. I'll be there Friday. I will be doing interviews and everything for CBS Sports HQ throughout it. We will have a reaction podcast Saturday night after the games are done. It, yes, it will be late. Logistics on that still need to be figured out, but uh, I think that's it for programming, I guess. No, I it's else. not. No, oh, it's boy. Not. What, what's up, Nada? Sunday. Because remember, we got. Oh, yeah. Fun. Oh, yeah. We, we actually had this has been decided. Oh, yeah. It has That's been decided. Right. Go on to, to tell the, the detriment people. of to the detriment of me. <laughs> it's been decided <laughs> to the detriment of me. <laughs> no, because I got to come to you. You're not having to come to me. Well, you know, I don't know. What it's fine. Is. It's fine. I'm looking forward to it. You're gonna. So how about it, this? You'll be indoor. You'll be indoors. Climate control. I'm not. I know oh, you're hey, not. Gonna it's about, about to get hot down here. Have you uh, looked at the weather? To? I was. I was Sean Millering through my shirt when I was done today. Not good. Yeah. Yeah. It's not great. It's not great. It's not great. Um. So on Friday at noon Eastern, eleven Central, it's, we have we have the four hour practice show right. live from Megan the Stallion Stadium. So. We'll have a set inside, a set outside. All four teams will be there practicing for an hour. Jim Nance will be there. It'll be fabulous. So um, make sure to turn that on if you sit around on Friday. Uh, 11 Central, noon Eastern, CBS Sports Network. Then we have another show from 530 Central to 630 Central, uh, live from just outside the stadium. And uh, and that'll be that for Friday. On Saturday, we got pregame stuff on Saturday night, the games, and then we'll be podcasting Saturday night after the doubleheader once the national semifinals have been decided. And then on Sunday, I want to say it's noon central, one Eastern. That is correct. At the, at the CBS Sports HQ set, which, is which I'm in told the is convention center. So this the is convention. the place where everyone is going. We are next to the big basketball court. Now we will be elevated off the ground so it's you won't be at eye level with us but if you want to enjoy i don't know if they're going to set up speakers so you can hear us or not but we are doing a live podcast sunday from the convention center to preview the title game oh i can't wait you sound you sound psyched let's go no i am psyched i'm glad i'll be honest uh earlier in the week i sort of hit a um like man i'm just exhausted you know like i'm just beat down now i feel good again i'm ready to go that's right, baby. Let's get out of here. Surely we got something here. to do. Are we? Surely are we, we doing? Are, are you? Are you staying in? Or are we doing dinner? Are we doing dinner tonight? I've got dinner plans already. I hate to inform okay. you. No, Sorry. Right. Tell okay. you about it when we turn the mics off. All right. It's me and Marquise Noel. We're yeah, going to the right. Cheesecake Factory. Yeah. Okay. It's a Cheesecake Factory, like right above me or below me or yeah. something. That's correct. 
So that's why I'm taking Marquise Noel to celebrate his addition as a, on my ballot as a first-team All-American. Shouts to Devin Downey. Shouts to Chester, South Carolina. Shouts to Hark. Shouts to Larnell. Thank you guys once again for listening, watching the Ion College Basketball, Basketball Podcast. If you're not subscribed, go subscribe anywhere you subscribe to podcasts, including Apple and Spotify at Apple. Leave a nice review, five stars, type some words. There's more of us than there are of them. Marquise Noel, definitely us, right? You would agree with that. Definitely. 100%. Definitely. There's, a, there's a lot of us is walking around Houston right now. Don't tell me. And I'm probably going to see more tonight, to be honest. Can't wait. Love us. We'll talk to you again on Saturday night. Bye-bye. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts.